I want to do a little recap of Sunday morning if you weren't here, and that's actually on Facebook. Uh, but we just called it the right to rule, and I'm not going to go through uh, all the scriptures because it's there. But uh, this morning, we're going to talk about Jesus is everything. Jesus is what? Everything. He's everything. And uh, <clears throat> I don't think that I gave you information that you don't know anything about, but sometimes we live like we did forget. And Jesus is absolutely everything. So if things are out of order, we're going to put it right back in order this morning. Huh? If something's out, you know, out of kilter, you might say, if something has kind of got out of position, we're going to put it right back in position this morning. I spent uh, 20, well, June, uh, June, I will have, uh, we will have completed 27 years of full-time ministry and the next month be going into 28 years. So I've seen a lot in 27, 28 years. That's some people, when they count how long they've been in ministry, they say, well, see, I knew I was called when I was seven. I, I, I'm not starting the whole there. I'm not even caught in Bible school. I'm just talking about when we started, we said, this is church. And so that's, uh, you know, so coming on three decades, so you see a whole lot. So this has been my post, and I know what I'm called to do. And the more that you, the, the more that you do that, the more he shows you. And uh, so you're, you know, you, you, it's a privilege and, and passion because you get to, uh, you get to disciple people and, and see them raised up. You know, the evangelist, he kind of comes, comes in and goes out. It's kind of funny because a lot of times the pastor wants to be the evangelist and the evangelist wants to be the pastor. They, they, or they want a little vacation. The, the pastor wants to go someplace and see something different and talk to someone different because he, he's already told all his stories and all his jokes and they've heard all his, they know all his mannerisms are hers. And so they go somewhere else. And then they go somewhere else and everyone says, man, that was awesome. And then uh, they go back home and it's like, hey. So <laughs> it's just it's just familiarity is what it is. And uh, but uh, the, but the van just, you know, he's like he, he's trying to remember. He wakes up on in the hotel and he's trying to remember what city am I in this week? Then he has to remember, no, I was in Los Angeles last week and now we're in, you know, we're we're in, in Maine and now we're in Georgia. And now we're in whatever. Well. He never, so he comes in, the old saying, he kind of comes in, blow, blows in, blows up, and blows out. But he sometimes never gets to see the fruit of his labor like the pastor does. And so uh, the, the good part of that is you get to, see people, get to see people grow. And if when you've been here as long as I have, I mean, you know, a lot of you who are now adults and married, uh, you came when, when your parents brought you, you were children. That's what, that's what happens if you stay in one place long enough. You know, they were just little tykes or babies. Well, like Emily, you know, I'm going to marry her Thursday, but I, I, I remember when she's born. And, her, and then she brought, you know, came to church that first Sunday, and now she's a missionary. And to the children's church, to, to the children's church who, you know, taught her and told her to pay attention, or they have to tell her mom and dad, and then they straightened up real quick, <laughs> and, now, and now they're missionaries. I'm not saying she ever did that, I'm just saying. But, but it, it is kind of fun to watch that, isn't it? That you, you can see putting your hand on something and making a difference in people's lives, and, and all of it's discipleship. And it, it, it may not come with a lot of fanfare, it may not come like, like a lot of woo, whatever, whatever. So my thing is not, I, I, I don't come to entertain you. The, the, that's not my call to entertain. And so if you want an entertainment church, you come to the wrong one. You need to go to the Apollo Theater. They, they do that over there. But, but here, what we, do, what we do is we disciple, we disciple Christians. So we talk about things that really pertain to not just the church, because if you ever want to do a, a, a study on it, you'll find that really the church is only mentioned two times in the New Testament. 
Now, I'm not saying it's not relevant. It's very relevant. We are the church, right? But, you know, the kingdom is mentioned well over 100 times. And if there's an emphasis of something 100 times, it must be a pretty big deal when Jesus mentioned the kingdom all the time. What uh, Brother Keith was talking about was really good. You know, I'm about my father's business. See, that's kingdom. He's about kingdom business. And so churches sometimes, and especially pastors have to watch it because they'll get church-minded and they'll get tunnel-minded and they'll, they'll have four walls-minded and they know all that's out there but because this is their job. They're, they're, they're focused on just uh, this. And that is important because, you know, as a pastor, you're, you're ministering and you're, you're discipling and you're protecting and you're everything, you know, raising up people. Raising up people, defining what their call is, and, and, and helping them to uh, equip them to go do what they're called to do. And so you see a lot of good things. You see, you see wonderful things. But you also have heartbreak. You see people come. You see people go. You see people ex excel far beyond what you even thought they would. And then you see people just quit by the wayside and go the other way. So it, you, you can have a gamut of everything. But that's, that's not just here. That's just called life, ain't it? You, you, you don't have to do that here. And so some of you who have, you know, you have businesses, if you, you've employed different people, you've seen people come and you've seen people come, uh, go and you've seen people with all kind of potential. How many uh, business owners do we have here at this point that you've had people work with you that you knew had, they had great potential, but they just weren't that committed? And I'm going to tell you something. Potential minus commitment equals nothing. It equals nothing. You could have all the potential in the world, but if you're not committed to stay. So I'm not here, and I, I, I don't have, I, I'm not the guy with the charisma. I'm, I'm not here with the oratory skills. But if you want to know who's going to stick and go through a hard time with you if need, need to, that's what we're going to do. Amen. I don't know, some of it's just naturally. I mean, I, 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 some of it is in our just DNA growing up. I mean, we just probably got that more from our mother than anybody. She just didn't have any quitting sins. And when, and when you know, because I, I, I told the story again, but I, I remember the one time in my life, one time during the summer, I told her I was bored. And, I, and she cured me from that. Now, I was bored after that, but I didn't mention it to her. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you think about your parents and their parents and how they might have grown up during a harder time, some during the, the Depression. And, you know, my mom grew up with four, four, there was just four daughters. And her dad was an alcoholic and he was never home. He might be home every two weeks. He might come home every month. But when he came home, he had no money. So he was just out wine, women, and song. And you think about those years. So she got to go to school when she could and when she wasn't doing harvest. But every morning when she got up, you know, one of them had to milk the cow, the other one had to gather up the eggs, the other one had to feed the animals. And then, you know, their, their clothes mostly was out of feed sacks. The dresses was. And so if, if they, you know, if the horse didn't have to be used that day, they could put a buggy in the forum, you know, just a little, whatever cart, and they'd go down the dirt road over on Pinedale Road over here. And they had an old schoolhouse there, just a, a one-room building. And, uh, and I said, well, how did y'all do the field? She says, well, we had, you know, we had, we had the mules. And I says, and who did that? She says, well, I, I did them. She said, most of it. She said, me and uh, I think she said Bernard, her older sister, did it. She said, we, we just strapped it on because Daddy wasn't there. There wasn't no man there. So she said, we plowed mules, you know, for hours. Washed the clothes on a rub board down the creek. 
So can you tell me, can you see me telling my mother I'm bored? I don't feel like doing that. That just didn't work for her. That, I mean, that, that, that didn't work with her. So the time I told her that she said, come here. And she, and, and she, she, she handed me some uh, scissors. And she said, the grass needs cutting. And I said, well, what, what am I going to do with this? She says, you're going to cut the grass. I said, we got a lawnmower. She says, I don't like the way he's cutting it. And she said, you just stay out there till you get the lawn cut. I said, the, the, the lawn? She says, well, you're bored. You have nothing to do. She said, we're going to fix that. And I had enough sense not to react, but I had a reaction. But I kept that to myself. Well, part of what we're doing is just sticking. See, if I can talk you into sticking during the hard times and not taking off, then you'll win in so many areas of your life. I mean, I like the, I like the song that I forgot who, you know, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. It's a beautiful song, right? But you can chase leprechauns all your life. You can, you, you, you can change, look for the pot of gold everywhere and anywhere. But there's something about sticking and staying during the hard times. That'll do something in you. It, 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 it'll put an endurance in you. Some of y'all have some old cars uh, before, and you've had them a while, so you know them. Now, they don't look like much. How many of you have some old cars that just didn't look like much? I mean, you know, and if you did the work on them, I mean, today we don't really do the work on them mechanically because, you know, everything's computerized and, you know, where would you start? But, but I'm just saying back, I'm talking about back in the day when you pulled it under the tree and, you know, and you, and you, you know, you redid your carburetor or something like that or you kind of worked on it. Well, you, you, you might have had the thing held together with uh, screws and bolts and bailing wire. Hmm? Someone like Nathan just have to shake his head, say, my, my, my God. You know, and just, I mean, it's, it's got triple layers of Bondo in it. Bondo has sec, its second and third cousins. They're all living right in the back same quarter panel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's as ugly as sin. But that car will take you from here to California and back and won't even blink its eye. But somebody else look at it and say, you going to go wearing that? Oh, yeah. Oh, faithful right here. I don't know why we do this, but... I don't know about women, but how many of y'all ever had a, a vehicle that you named? Come on. I don't know why, but most of us guys, we, we name them after, after, after women. Is that, is that true? I mean, I ain't never had no car called Frank. <laughs> or George or whatever like that. It's usually some girl's name. I, I don't even know why we do that. I, I guess because, you know, we had an example. Most of us had an example of a woman, a mother, a grandmother who was just like that. They, they, they had endurance. They had fortitude. That's why I always said, if your mother's alive and it's your birthday, you ought to give her something for her birthday. Because she was kind of involved that day. It was birthday. A human, you, came out of her body. She ought to get something for that every year that you're, that you're here. I mean, I saw it four times, and, it's, 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 and it scared me every time. I was like, ah. He said, don't you want to see this? I said, well, she, I, not really, but she wants me to be in here. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. That's enough. That's enough amazing. <laughs> you want to cut? No, I don't want to cut nothing, man. Cut my bill, cut whatever. <laughs> just, just, just whatever. But don't really want to. Ugh. It's a wonderful plan, Lord. <laughs> Thank God I'm not a woman. So we've named our car sometimes, you know, after women. But this morning, I want you to focus on someone who defied all the odds. 
someone who stuck through all of it. He's the all-sufficient Savior. Huh? You, and we, have, we, we all have something in our life that, that needs to go. We all have thinking, you know, that, that's not correct. You say, well, I don't. Well, there, there's, there it is. That's proof right there when you said that. Either you're, either you're an idiot or you're a liar when you said that. I don't know which one. Maybe both. But, but you know, we all, there's, the Bible says because of, because of a lack of knowledge, people are what? Destroyed. So we're all ignorant of something. Ignorant simply means we don't, we don't know. And uh, now there's, there's a difference between that and stupid. I mean, sometimes you just can't you know, fix stupid. There's some people that you can't help today. I preached this years ago. I found the notes a long time ago. And it was like, it was like these are 10 classifications of people that, that right now you can't help. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. Don't mean they're not born again. Didn't mean if they die, they wouldn't go to heaven. But in their present situation, state of mind, where they are right now, you're not going to fix them because they're not going to allow you to. And for every, every, every solution that you have, they got a problem why your solution won't work for them. So in their present state, you can't help them. But in their present state, sometimes God can't help them because God's never going to violate their will. So <clears throat> when you get to be near my age, you, you don't want to take a, a five, ten year detour and say, well, we're just going to go try this and whatever and whatever. And then it ends up being a catastrophe. And then, and then it takes you five years to get right back to where you started. When you're going to do something like that, you need a definite word from God. When you're 17, strike out and go do something. Go, 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 go join the Navy. It'll hit the Army, whatever. It'll help you. It'll teach you some discipline. Amen. Wish I'd have done it. Uh, just, just, just wasn't in my makeup. Looking back, I, I wished I had done that, but, but, but I didn't then. I watched Gomer Powell, Marines, and I thought, if that's the way it is, I think that ain't going to work for me. Just screaming in my face 4 o'clock in the morning and say, move, move, move. I'm like, that's not going to work. Because I figured I'd talk back. Then I knew I'd probably be in some trouble. I'd have been right. Well, Jesus stuck through it all. So, I want to, so what I tried to give you last week, and I want to remind you before we move on today, is Jesus is, is, is not the man upstairs. God's not the big guy in the sky. Believe me, when you get there and you see him, that won't be your first thought of him. And I don't think you referred to him as the big man in the sky. Brother Hagen, during his entire ministry, had eight visitations with Jesus for different purposes. He said, every time that Jesus appeared, if, if I was standing, I, I, I couldn't help it. He said, I fell to the ground. He said, it, it was more, the, his, his presence was more than I could physically stand in my physical frame, just showing up in a vision. He said, and I would put my hands over my hands and I put my, my head on my hands and put them on his feet. And Jesus said, stand up. He said, Lord Jesus, I can't even look on your face. And Jesus told him in the vision, he said, I said, stand up. He said, but Lord Jesus, he said, but I'm not worthy. And then Jesus, it angered him. He says, I said, stand up because my blood made you worthy. Now stand up. What is he telling him? I made you something. My blood has made you something. My blood has made you worthy. My blood has made you acceptable. My blood has made you royalty. My blood has justified you, acquitted you, made you righteous and holy and blameless before me. So stand up, son. You're in the kingdom now. Amen. Glory. Well, what I'm 
purposely doing what they're ever telling you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to every now and then put a little grit, grit of the message, not just the message, but I'm trying to get the grit in there because life is gonna, life is gonna come and you know, it, it's kind of like, and, and you and you can see this if you know anything about machinery and building intelligence. It, 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 sand and machinery is not a good mix, is it? It's, it's just not. When when I used to be in uh, in floor covering business and. Uh, I mean, the, the thing that destroys carpet more than anything is, is dirt, sand. Because it, it, it's just abrasive to the fiber. People who had floor covering stores at the beach loved it because they know after four years, we're going to come down and replace it. Sand's going to chew it to pieces. Warranty wouldn't mean nothing down there because sand is your, is your enemy down there. Well, because it's gritty. Well, you need a little grit in you sometimes. Because there's enough, there's enough abrasion in life, whatever, that's going to wear on you. But, you. but you need to have a little heavier grit on you. I've said it hundreds of times because I think most Christians live life on the, on the defense. But, and, and that's okay. Sometimes. But there's sometimes that you ought to go on the other side and play offense. You ought to call a few plays. Instead of always like, the devil's after me and we're trying to protect. Won't you go kick his teeth out for a little while? You said, oh, my God, I, I mean, aren't you afraid the devil is going to hear you? Well, I know he heard it. He comes to church every week. <laughs> Sometimes through people. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, I had that one girl, I told you a lot one time when she was demon possessed, and they brought her to me, you know, during the week and said, we think she's got a devil. We think she does. Well, she did. She did. She, she, she was, she could have been over 85 pounds soaking wet. But, man, when she come in. She took, she, she, she took on that hideous voice and then my eyes looked like they was red and glaring and she looked at me and she said, I hate you. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, because I knew her and she had this little small voice, small girl, whatever, but this was like, and I'm like, there's a bunch of y'all in there, ain't it? <laughs> no, he talked about a legion, legions, thousands, right? And, and, and that's what she said. Well, I, I had a little training about demons. And, and uh, don't, don't, don't ever let them think that you're scared. Huh? You, have, you don't need to have fear over them. And don't ever turn your eyes away because that's a, that's a sure sign of them that you're afraid of them. So I just looked there in the eyes. I mean, it was, it, I mean my first thing was like, wow, man, that was like a strong, hideous voice. I hate you. And I just looked there and I said, the feeling is mutual. In other words, not her. The demon in her. Amen. And they said, well, you can't cast me out. She wants me. Well, you can cast him out whether she wants him or not. In other words, Jesus said that the devil's a liar. And he said, the devil, he said, his, he's never told the truth. Jesus said that he's the father of lies. So if any demon tells you anything, know this. It's absolutely a lie. Anyone ever had the feeling they're not going to make it about in something? I mean, we're, I'm not going to make it. None of y'all? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you may not, I'm not saying you heard a voice or something appeared to you say you're not going to make it, but you, you, know, you just believe in God for something that's not, something like it's not working, and you have this feeling like it's not going to make it. We're not going to be able to pay our bills. I mean, we're, this, this sickness might be this, this, and this, or my marriage is this, and this, and this. We're not going to make it. Who do you think told you that? You think the Holy Spirit says, I don't think we're going to be able to make it? I mean, would the Holy Spirit say, I just don't know what to do about this. 
The people do, right? I, I don't know what to do anymore. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit saying, I don't know what to do anymore? The world's over if he, if he says that. So those, those feelings sometimes can come from your subconscious mind, but, but, but the enemy speaks constantly. He, he speaks constantly. The Bible says he's looking for someone he may devour. He's, the Bible says he roams forth to and fro in the earth. He's looking for someone he may devour. And so he's looking for the weakest link. He may want to get to you and stop you, but if he can't stop you, then he'll go to your spouse. If he can't go to your spouse, he'll always go to your children. If you, he'll do anything he can. He'll find the weakest link that will deter you from doing what you're doing that you'll have to stop and deal with that situation because he's, he's not really after them. He's after you and your assignment. But if you see, if you know what your assignment is and you know who is king and that Jesus is everything and, you know who, and if you know who you are in him, he may hinder you, he may delay you, but he'll never stop you. I won't get it in the story, but about three years ago, there was a big confrontation I was having about some things. And it just finally come down. And he says, he says, he says, you'll never do that. And I says, and, and I said, and you, you'll never stop me. He said, he said, you'll die first. I said, well, you, you mean I, I'll die before this happens? He says, you'll die first. He said, I'll kill you. I said, you can't. I've already died. You ever read, you ever read the book? You ever read the Bible? I've already died. You're too late. How do you threaten a dead man? <laughs> now, I could, we could jump in a car and I could take it to where my granddaddy is buried in about five, six miles from here, the one I was telling you about. And he's born again. He's in heaven with my grandmother and my mom and all such as that now. But and, and, and he was an alcoholic, but you could go put a whole thing of Jim Bean down there and put a whole, whole, whole case down there and say, Mr. Rhodes, Brother Joseph, you want some of this? He won't say a word. Now, why won't he say a word? Because he's what? Yeah. See, that, that, that's all you need to do is have a funeral. Best funeral that you ever go to is yours. You look over in the casket and you say, well, that's an ugly sort. <laughs> Thank God I died. Because if you died with him, now you can be raised up Amen. with him. And it's, not, and it's not you, it's him. Amen. So the life that I live in Christ, I live by the faith of, of the Son of God. There's a little play on words. Some translations say, uh, and I, what I did, I just quoted, quoted Galatians 2.20. For, for those of you who are concerned, I haven't read a scripture yet. But, you know, you get all kind of mail. Anyway, Galatians 2, 20, <laughs> Paul is just to identification. He's just saying, look, Jesus was my substitute. So when he, when he was crucified, I was crucified. Amen. When he died from the crucifixion, I died. When he was buried, I was buried. But when he was raised, I was raised. He said, now, you actually realize that I didn't actually physically die with him. But... But symbolically, you did. Positionally speaking, you did. You, you was crucified with Christ. I'll prove that to you before we leave here. All right? Then you was buried with him. Then he paid the price for you without you. That's where he left you alone. How many glad that, that you didn't actually go to the whipping post with him? How many glad that you missed the whole cross thing? 
How many of you ever clipped your nails and got a little bit too close to the quick and it kind of hurt for a day or two? Amen. You're like, ooh, that's a boo-boo. Well, no, a spike's about that long as a boo-boo. Being beat with a cat of nine tails, you know, with, with glass and metal and bits and things that would actually take chunks. Not, not just lay stripes, but r r remove flesh down to the ribs. That's what Isaiah 52 talked about. See, we, the passion came close. The passion of the Christ probably came a little bit close, but there's no way they could, they could really portray what happened to Jesus. Because, see, it, it was physical, but all that was spiritual. Those stripes was first spiritual because healing's not physical, it's, it's spiritual, which comes into the physical. See, you had to be forgiven on the inside, not the outside, right? Because if going to the, if going to the cross and nailing to the cross physically would do it, then how, how could you be forgiven of sin? Because of, of physical punishment. So everything that Jesus endured was first uh, spiritual before it came into the physical being. So he took on all the sin of the world. So whatever anyone is or does in the world that is sin, Jesus became guilty of that. But the Bible says, but he knew no sin. In other words, he, he never sinned. He never sinned, but he became every type of sin in the world. So he was a, he was a dope addict. He was a liar. He was a cheater. He was a, you know, he, he was a womanizer. He, he was a homosexual. He was a lesbian. He was everything. He was guilty of all that, but knew no sin. Well, now, the whole world was that, right? So Jesus didn't die for your sins. He died as your sin. Big difference. And there's only one sin you're guilty of. People say, well, did you ask the Lord to forgive your sins? Not really. Because I don't know all of them. You just know the ones that you know about. <laughs> there may be things in, in, in his thinking and character that, that, that we do every day that, that he's not in agreement with. We're not even asking for forgiveness for because we're just walking in the light that we have. Hmm? I mean, there's some people who, who do things sometimes to hurt people and they don't even know they've done it. I had a friend like that one time, and he just had a very, very strong personality. And, and I watched it, and then there was two people, and he says, you know, how come they don't ever come around? And I says, well, I, he says, when I'm here, they seem like they never come around. I finally had to tell him. He said, do you know? And I said, maybe. And I said, you're, you're, you're a little, your personality is a little strong with him. You're, you really hurt their feelings last time you was here. I did? Well, what what I do? <laughs> and I said, well, well, you said this, and you said it just like that. And you don't have a relationship good enough with them asking that kind of question straight up. You know, it's like it's like going to the dentist. So what tooth hurts? That right It's like, <laughs> are you allergic to anything before we give you? Oh, that's right. We're not going to give you a shot. <laughs> well, I don't want to go to that dentist. Do you? So we want to get back to that grit part to where to where you get that grit in you, because you see, we have to finish this thing. You have to finish. You have to finish your call. You have to know what the call is. You got to get started. And then you got to stay in it. Yeah. Biggest thing is getting people to finish. And you can start anything. There's over a thousand churches closed every month that started somewhere. 
But for whatever reason, da 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 da, on and on and on, they don't finish. It's not, it's not in the easy places. Anybody can stick through the easy places when everyone's chanting your name and everything's going good. I'm talking about when it gets tough, when everything's against you, when, when, when no one likes you, when no one agrees with you, when, 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 when they're not supporting. What are you going to do, do then? What did Jesus do when, the, when he came to save the whole world and then his 12 walked off? Tell me who was left there who never walked off. Never. Not John. He did walk off. He came back. But who never left? Mary's mom. That's why you name your car after, after a woman. <laughs> your mother kind of has to take some kind of liking to you, doesn't she? <laughs> she stayed with him the whole time. John came back at the very end before he died, and he says, you know, and he said, Mother, behold your son, son, behold your mother. Put, put his mother in John's care. But John had a different relationship with him than the rest of the disciples. And he said, I, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. That, that, that was his confession. And these men, of course they ran because they were terrified. We probably would have all ran too. If someone's coming to me with nails and spikes and going to nail me something, I'm, I, I'm probably not hanging around that day. So they were terrified. But they came back. And they, got, they received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. They received power. And every one of them, every one of the disciples, every one of them suffered persecution. Every one of them died. Peter was crucified himself upside down and counted it worthy. I mean, that he could even be worthy to die a death. I mean, they would have crucified him like Jesus. He said, I don't, don't, not, don't, not like my Savior. I'm not worthy to do that. Do it some other way. John, John, they tried to kill. John, they put in boiling wax. Imagine that. And he, and, and he, and he didn't die. How you do that? So they took him out and said, we're going to not kill you, but we're going to put you on a deserted island. And they took him away from the world and they put him over there. And they said, we'll just let you go over and be a madman and you'll have no one to talk to for years like that old movie Castaway. Remember that? And we'll put you on a deserted island. You'll be all by yourself and you just die out there. Well, John lived to be, we think, you know, near 190 something years old. But God, God found a little use for him out there on a deserted island. Came talked to him and gave him a revelation about some things. He said, write this down. Gave him the whole book of Revelation. Gave him something to do for a little while. John finished strong. I believe this morning I'm looking at a room full of finishers. But you've got to be willing to fight through whatever your adversity is. You've got to turn around and face it. You got to be true. To, you got to be true to you. I, I don't know why I'm talking about these things. None of this is in my notes. <laughs> Dear God, I don't even know why I make notes. I just, I mean, it's just like maybe one day someone will do something with them. I don't know. It's <laughs> just like, but it, 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 it's about finishing. It's about staying during the hard places. Amen. Amen. And when you do that, you're gonna. People are gonna misjudge you. They're not gonna understand you. They're going to they're going to call you this. They're going to call you that. And they're going to look like this. But and it's not that you're not wanting to be like you're not trying to be different, but you're all unique. 
God called us different. He called everyone different. Amen. We're, we're all called into the harvest, but the way that we get there is just different. But who we serve is not. We have one commander in chief. Amen. There is no big, you know, me's and you's in this army. There's one big him, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Lord, can I please use these notes? I just, I, they're so wonderful. So Jesus is everything. He, he's the Alpha and the Omega, right? What's it, what does that mean? He's the beginning and the what? He's the end. He's the creator. And he's the keeper of the creation. He keeps it. Scripture says that when he created the earth, even like the oceans, he told them how far the tide could go out and it has to come in. He said, you can go out and you can come in. He did that way back then. And he's never had to tell it one more time. He said, there'll be day and there'll be night. He's never had to go back and redo that one time. So he's not only the creator, but he's the keeper of the creation. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. That's the book of Hebrews, right? It says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you ever find something that, something that, that Jesus did for someone, know this, he'll do it for you. If he ever healed them, he'll heal you. Amen. No, my you know, friend down south Alabama, he called me back, uh, text back this week. He's a good texter now. I said, he has a great memory, too. I was like, he said, you remember when we were at your house and you had all that apple bubble gum? You remember the apple bubble gum? He said, you had a whole sack of it. And, and, you said, and how many pieces did you put in your mouth? I said, I do now. <laughs> this was like, what, 40 years ago. And he says, how many pieces did you put in there? I said, man, I don't remember. And he said, well, I just remember, you know, it's coming out, it's like slobbering all down your mouth. And he said, I, th I think I remembered you put 40 in there. And then he says, I remember you and your brother fighting all the time in that ring. I said, then you remember me getting hurt all the time, don't you? By an older brother. <laughs> getting beat up on all the time. So uh, he says, by the way, he says, we went and, you know, because sometimes he does something has to get it checked. You know, he, it's two months before he gets checked to see the results. So we just went down there three times. I got about 40 hours invested in this project. 40 hours invested in someone who can't live with cancer and they can't help him no more. So when we met him, uh, the cancer antigen was at, you know, just the level of activity of cancer. When we, when we got involved January the 1st, we wasn't there. We just, it was a phone call. But since then, been there three times. It's been there in over a month now, but went down there just to lay hands on him three times. And he said, what, what's laying hands on about? And I said, it's about the script. There's a scripture in the Bible because he wasn't raised in church. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that a believer can lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. He says, okay, because you're, you, you're the believer, right? And I guess I'm the sick one. I said, yeah, and here's the good news. He says, then I'll recover, don't I? I said, you sure do. He says, I'm, I'm game. Let's go. So they couldn't help him. Um, they did what they could do. And it was, you know, the tumor was continuing to grow. They couldn't take it out because he didn't have no liver left to live if they took it out. And um, he had chemotherapy first, but the, the, the tumor grew larger after chemo than before. And of course, he was just sick as he could be. He was never really large, kind of a, um, you know, like you said, most he ever weighed in his life was 175. They got down to about 120. He was a pulpitter all his life. I mean, he just worked hard all his life. 
And uh, you know, if you fool with trees all day long and skitters and chains and all that, you're you know you're you're, you're weather beaten. You're out there. And so, uh, cut a tree down himself the year before all this happened. And and he said, the only reason I'm alive is because it had rained so much. The tree kicked back, went the other way, and the only and my friend was on the other side. He's supposed to be listening out for me, and he was. He says, but uh, tree kicked back the other way, fell on top of me. And if it hadn't been so muddy, he said, it it it, it the tree. Uh, the weight of the tree, he says, shoved my body all the way down into the ground. Otherwise, it would have crushed me. He said, I laid there in my, and uh, I was unconscious and my back was broken. And it took emergency hours to get to him and get him out. So when he called me, he, you know, he's catching up after 30 something years. And he says, basically, this is what I've done and there's nothing I can do. And I'm dying. Is, is there any, anything you can do? I said, yes. There's good news. And I said, I'm going out of town. I said, but I'm going to send you some stuff while I'm out of town. Then when I come back in a week, I'll call you. If you need me before, then you call me. But the some things in the mail, I said, but here's what we're going to do before I go. I said, can I pray for you? So that's what I hope you would do. So first thing I did is I, I cursed the infection in him. I cursed every cancer cell in his body. I commanded the cancer to die. I got plenty of scripture to stand on to do that. You said this about me? No. People told me before, say, Eric, I heard you heal someone. I, ain't, I never healed anyone of anything. People run around telling lies about me. I haven't, I haven't healed anyone of anything. Because I died, remember? But I was raised with Christ. And Paul said, so the faith that I'm living by is the faith of the Son of God. So, so the, the faith that I'm living by is his faith. And I, and I knew Jesus was intimidated with cancer. Can you see that? See, but, the, uh, but what I want you to get is the consciousness of it. G get rid of church. Get rid of sermons. Think about Christ in you. He is the hope of all glory. Well, so hope needs to be restored. Well, physical life is leaving my friend quickly. So all I have to do is cut off the, the life source that's killing him. I said, so... But know this, we'll, we'll, I'll get back with you in a week. I'm going to pray. This is going to stop. And I said, here's the only thing you need to know. You're not going to die. You understand? You're not dying. Cancer's not killing you. And, of course, he began to cry. And he's, you know, he, he didn't know any scripture. I mean, he went three or four times to church when he was eight, nine years old. I mean, he, he has nine, ten hours of church in his life. That worked to my benefit because I didn't have to work with any religion. All I had to do was kill. Only thing I had to kill was because you ain't been in church 10 years. Because you're thinking, how's God going to help me because I ain't been religious? I was thinking, that's how he's going to help you. Because <laughs> you ain't been religious. It's because when you think, well, I've been to church and I did this and I, you know, I, I gave it to so-and-so. I used to go out, we'd go out in the street witness to people sometimes. Sometimes, I mean, been years ago, knock on doors. I don't know how to do the door knocking nowadays. Ain't no telling what could answer. <laughs> you know, and, but I'm just saying, and people, and, and I'd ask them, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven and hell? And they would say, well, heaven. I said, well, that's just wonderful. But could you tell me why you say that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an American. And I said, you're an American. That's why you go to heaven? Oh, yeah, this is a Christian nation. One told me, he said, I just gave blood last week to the Red Cross. 
He said, my mom and grandma was buried so-and-so. He said, they've been members of so-and-so. I said, then that's why you go to heaven. Oh, yeah. Most, but most of them, 70% would say this, it's because I'm a pretty good person. And they probably were. Best way to go to hell is to just be a pretty good person. Look, it works this way. God says, if you can keep all the law, which is the Ten Commandments, and there's about 613 more, if you can keep all of it, then you have perfectly fulfilled the law. But if you just miss one, if you get a 99.9 .9 GPA, hell. Hell was never made for a man. It was made for demons, the devil. But man rebelled. And if he doesn't want to be with God, then God's not going to make him come to heaven. So, all we had to do was just take the law and say, well, just take the 10. It's, it's funny because people are talking about, y'all preach against the law. You just preach on that gray stuff. You preach against the law. I said, no, I don't. I, 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 I just preached that it was fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled all of it. I'm not against the law. The Bible says the law is good. The law is holy. The, the, the law is righteous. The power is you don't have the ability to keep it. Huh? The problem living the Christian life is you can't. Figure The quicker you figure that out, the easier your life will be. When you just come to the Lord and say, I can't do this. He's going to say, well, I knew that you know, before you was born, but I mean, I'm glad you finally know it at 98. Right? So... You know, somewhere along the line, you got to find out that I can't live the Christian life. But see, you're not supposed to. He's supposed to live his life through you. Here we are thinking we're having a relationship with, with, with uh, two tablets of, of, of regulations. That's not a relationship. That's called rules and regulations, right? God wanted a people. He wanted a relationship. You'll get, so, you'll get so involved in this relationship, you'll forget about the rules and regulations. You'll live more, you'll live more holy on, by, by accident than you ever would on purpose. Amen. When your nature has changed because you're born again, you don't want to do those other things. The reason why you're doing those other things is because you're dominated by the flesh right now, instead of the spirit. You're operating in the flesh. But that's okay. God still loves you anyway. Amen. Amen. I've ministered to a lot of folks, you know, high as a kite. Just got through smoking weed, you know, and then come over and, and because they're really open after that. They really are. That, that intimidates people sometimes like, how could you say that as a pastor? Oh, man, just get, get, take your crown somewhere else, would you? Uh, I, that, that, I, I hate stuff like that. I, I, I can't stand stuff like that. It, it, it stinks in the nostrils of God. Well, how could you tell someone that you could, could minister the word of God after they smoked some port? <laughs> well, how about your religious not no self? Y'all would be slapped upside the wall. Excuse me, I didn't mean. Yeah, I did. I meant to say all that. So anyway, no, Jesus ate with sinners and scribes. They, it offended them. They says he. They say he's the Messiah. Doesn't he know that woman's in, <laughs> in, in, in you know an adulteress? Of course he knew it. That's why he's trying to help her. He came to help people. He came to reach the sinner. Amen. He didn't come to reach the righteous and the ones who think that they're righteous. Jesus really blew the mind one time when he heard all the scribes and the Pharisees and they had the, you know, the, the garb to wear and all this kind of stuff when they can walk up and down the street. These are supposed to be the holiest people on the planet. And Jesus said one day, he said, if any of y'all's righteous and don't exceed theirs, he said, one of y'all going to go to hell. And they're like, what? I mean, that's like the Pope. He says, okay, call him anything you want to. 
This is the, the West translation. It doesn't say it quite that way in the King James. But anyway, but unless your righteousness exceeds theirs, he says, you'll never see heaven. Why am I righteous? It's because he is. Why are you holy? Because he is. See, we think holiness means we'll get saved and then we'll work on it until we get holy, holy, holy. <laughs> you work on it. Well, how'd you get saved? Did you work on that? Paul asked the same questions to the Galatians. He was trying to keep the law. Went there and got them free, delivered, and preached this message of grace to them, the goodness of God. Got them freed, left town, and before he could get back, Judaizers come back in there and said, you can't, be, you can't be born again saved just by, by believing in this man Jesus. You've got to keep all these laws. And, and, and come back, and Paul said, what have y'all done? I just left here a few weeks ago. He says, here y'all are cutting your flesh and circumcising yourself and trying to, I mean, you're, you're mutilating your, yourself. <laughs> he says, let me ask you. He says, was you saved by what you heard or by what you did? By the hearing of faith? He said, did miracles happen by the hearing of faith or by you keeping the law? This is, well, by hearing faith. He says, well, if you began your life by believing in him, how are you going to finish your life? Are you going to perfect your life by, by you keeping rules? In other words, walk, uh, when we talk about people being in the flesh, people naturally think of sin. And then, and they, then they name some of them, right? Like, what, like, what's the worst one? All of them. All of them. So you, you think the guy that snort coke is not near as good as you are after you just got through cheating on your taxes last week. <laughs> I mean, you fudged a little bit, just, just a little bit. You had nine dependents, and, and you didn't have no children yet. <laughs> You're like, well, the Lord knows we're going to one day. And the Lord knows you're a liar. <laughs> right? <laughs> you think the Lord looks indifferent to the guy who does coke than, than someone who steals a pencil? Sin, just sin, right? Sin, sin just means here's the mark. You shot over, you missed it. That's all that it is. Sin is a non-issue with God. That makes religious people real happy when you say that. Sin is not a big deal with God. Boy, can you imagine... I went to church Sunday and they said sin wasn't a big deal with God. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe he said it. Well, that's why we get on Facebook so you can watch it again, dude. <laughs> and then go read the Bible. God hates sin. How is sin a big deal with God? Yes, in the sense that it, it took Jesus the best thing that he had. Like Brother Keith said, it took the best thing, the best gift he had to buy you. To buy you took something big. Amen. Quoting Joe Mars a thousand times. I don't know if God had these things, but, but if he had them, he could have sent his cousin, his nephew, or his bird dog if he had to save you, but, but he didn't. He sent Jesus. He sent the Savior. That's what you're worth. But what sometimes you and I do in the flesh is not who you are. Sometimes the way we miss it in the flesh, it does not define who you are. You can run anywhere in the world you want to, but you're not ever going to outrun you. So you might as well stick and stand. 
Why would you run away from a message like this? I'm telling you, God's madly in love with you. He don't, and not only that, he, he even likes you. Yeah, we do that backwards. Like, God loves you. Yeah, but don't really like I mean, Christians do that sometimes. So I know we're supposed to love everybody, but I don't necessarily like you. Or they'll tell you this one. Now, I've forgiven you, but I ain't going to. I ain't going to forget it. Well, they lied on both fronts. Right? You can't have a marriage that way. Well, I'm going to forgive her. I'm going to forgive him. But I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to be watching you. I got several people watching you right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, so anyway, we got to find some way to move on. The crisis that we're facing in the world today is of an epic proportion, and it's, and it's really around this. The, the whole thing is, is identity. There's, a, there's an identity confusion going on in the world today. It, it, I mean, it's always been here in some measure, but if you go back 30, 40 years ago, Every, every, the church had to deal with different issues that, like, when, and Oral Roberts, when Oral Roberts years ago said this, over 50 years ago, he said, he said, God wants to bless you today. God wants to do something good for you today. It, um, I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but it's, it's true. Every religious head in the world stood up and just cursed him. I mean, I don't mean profane words. I'm just saying, you know, they, they chastise him for saying God wants to do something good for you today. And they say, How, you don't even know the person to know that God wants to do that. How dare that you get on national TV and tell people that you don't even know and how they're living that God wants to help you and bless you. He said, well, I didn't have to have a revelation from God. I just read it in the word. Huh? And I'm here to tell you today that God still wants to help you today. And even that, even today, he's in a great mood. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good news? Amen. Now, so that's, that's not necessarily our biggest fight today, but, our, but, but ours is identity. And, it, and it, sleeps, it, it slips in slowly because the devil can't just throw something crazy in there. And you're like, wow, at one time. So it has to come little by little. He, I mean, the devil don't mind taking baby steps. Right? But you know, if you take enough baby steps, if I do this, just like this, all day long, how many of you think tonight I won't be in this building? I'll, I'll be somewhere else, right? But it's baby steps. So we, we have these terms, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but uh, I'll just say it this way. To the degree that you know who you are in Christ is the degree that you're going to enjoy eternal life. And Jesus came to give you eternal life. And eternal life is not a... It is not living long. It's life. Jesus kind of give you life. His life. Abundant life. Zoe life. Zoe, Zoe it means the life of God. So when, you've been, when you're born again, old things passed away. All things become new, right? Second Corinthians 5, 17, old things passed away. All things become new. Sometimes people, you know, get mad and they'll, they'll say something like this. They'll say, well, you know, I'm a Christian and all, but, you know, Thursday I ran into you-know-who and, and they, boy, they were doing what they always do. And it got me mad. And that old man in me that used to be rose up and I towed him off. The old man rose up. No, the old man didn't rise up. That's all in your soul. That, that, that's in your unrenewed mind. 
that you haven't come to know who you are here. But the old man didn't rise up because God blew him away. God struck dynamite to him and bam, that man didn't get up. That man hit the atomic bomb. What rose up is this is, is this is the flesh. And what the flesh is, once again, is, is we acting independent of God. And it, it can be so subtle. In other words, the flesh is, I'll go do this to fix this. I'm able to do this. And in and of your own self, you're not able to do any of that. So the flesh always will act independent. It'll act upon the senses, its knowledge, its, its natural wisdom, what it sees, what it hears, what it tastes, what's going on in the world, what's going on in the news, what your money looks like, what your friends look like, what, you know, how many likes you got on Facebook, all that kind of stuff, what drives you. But if you strip all that away, if they, if they put you in a deserted island, all you got is this Bible, and if you don't even have that, do you realize Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't read this? You know why? It wasn't there, baby. <laughs> They didn't have a Bible to go to. They were, they were in the midst of living it so it could be written. But they knew this, the name of Jesus is powerful. So they took the name of Jesus everywhere. You know, like to the Acts chapter 3, this says, man, that guy is laying there. And he says, hey, silver and gold, we don't have to give you. He says, but you don't have to be, a, you don't have to be a, you know, paralyzed. Well, he, he'd been paralyzed all his life. And Peter and John said, and so he had a right from the government just to sit there and beg. They put him right at the gate of the temple, people going to pray in the temple. And he would ask for alms because he was, he was paralyzed for his whole life. And, P, and Peter and John, you know, after Jesus has died, went back to heaven and raised again. They had the name of Jesus. They said, hey, we don't have silver and gold to give you today, but such as we do have, we'll give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And they just reached in God's hand like, like it was going to work. Didn't even start a prayer chain. Imagine that. Oh, my God. Didn't even start a prayer chain. How do you do that? Reached up and took his hand, picked him up. And the man, he was asking for alms and got legs. I mean, asking for money. But, but, but he got legs. Huh? That's what they had. They, they, they didn't have any Bible. Hallelujah. Look, look what you had to work with. What's your excuse? What's my excuse? We got everything to work. Jesus is everything. He's king. This is just what I do around my house sometimes. I don't, when, when things are going on and when things aren't going on. In other words, if you, keep, if you keep your confession the same when things are working, they have the same confession when it's not working. S say the same thing the Word says when, it, when, it, when, when it's working. Say the same thing it looks like when, it, when it's not working. When you feel well, say, by his stripes I'm healed. When you're not well, say, by his stripes I'm healed. When you're really not feeling well, they call it big sick, say, by his stripes I'm healed. Because see, the, the, the devil will monitor you based on how you react to the situation. So when you're always saying, by his stripes I'm healed, he can't gauge you. He doesn't know how to gauge that. Amen. There's things that you, you know, I've had to learn from men of God, generals who've gone on to be in heaven, that I, when I read them, I thought, well, that's kind of weird, but I could see, wow. I could, I, I could see that. Lester Sumrall used to do all that. Because he, you know, he'd be in Haiti and he'd be, he'd be in places where demons were there and they'd manifest. 
he was in a bed one, one time in a, in, a, in a foreign country and he was going there to minister and there's demonic, I mean, witch doctors and everything and they're outside casting spells on him and all kind of stuff. And his bed was, started to move. Which for most Christians, I mean, would scare the, you know, I mean, most Christians, it would, it'd fill their huggies up. <laughs> 25 pound huggies. Well, that, that bed started to move. And, and last summer, I'll, you know, he's, he, he, he just like, he realized what's going on. He said, put it back. And the bed went, whoop. <laughs> he said, he said later, on down, later on that night, he says he woke up and he, there was a storm and he heard the shutters going boom, 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 boom. And he got up and it was like 3.30 in the morning, same thing about the, you know, the same night as the bed. He's having his conference. He said, and, and Lester said, now this, this country, they, you know, there was all kinds of devils there. He said, but I mean, in your meetings, you had witch doctors and you had people who were giving incantations. He said, some of you American ministers, you'd never make it because y'all can't even preach if a baby cries. He said, if you, when you got witch doctors out there and they got little dolls and you're the doll and they're sticking things to his head and that's you, you're like, <laughs> you know, and uh, th that will, you know, affect you. But anyway, he's, he's, you know, the bed goes back, he goes back to sleep, he hears boom, 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 boom. So he got up, he said, well, I'll just go to the bathroom and see what that is. And there was another hallway that went this way. And at the end of it was the window. And at the end of it was the chair. And he got down there and he said, and he's, he went, he said, devil, is that you? He said, that's me. He said, ah, I thought it was. He went to the bathroom, went back to bed. He said, and he said, see you tomorrow. <laughs> huh? How could you do that? He knew who he was. That's not just being, you know, having a little grid in your personality. Man, you got to know who you are. Because when the storm comes, the Bible says when the storm comes. When the storm comes. Now, let me, let me help you with this identity just a little bit. Because we have this, this word, and I've got about 10 minutes, that's all i got. Um, in the church, um, you've heard of the word Transgender. You've heard the word transsexual. I looked it up. Transsexual says this. Someone who identifies with a gender that is, in, that is inconsistent with or not culturally associated with their assigned sex. Would you agree with that definition? Let me read it one more time. A transsexual is someone... I'm not making any comment to that person. I'm saying this is the definition. Transsexual is someone who identifies with a gender that is inconsistent with or not culturally associated with their assigned sex. In other words, they're identifying with something that does not even exist in them. Hmm? And, and, and I've had them, you know, here at church in different places. And, and, and I've had, you know, people tell me this, like that. And, and they were sincere, but they just said, I'm, I'm, I'm this in a different body. I said, okay. I said, what do you want to do about it? Well, I, I just want you to tell me it's all right. I said, what's all right? That I'm this and this. And I said, well, you know, we probably need to meet and talk about some other things. I said, but at the end of the day, you're just telling me that God didn't know what he was doing. He said, well, I believe I'm a woman. I, mean, I remember a guy in the came church. He, told me, he said, but I, I believe I'm a woman. And I said, really? And I, and I wasn't ugly to him. I, I was as kind to him as I could be. Matter of fact, when he left here, I, I don't know if I helped him. I don't think I helped him at all. He said, I, he said, I can tell you one thing. I know you don't agree with nothing. I said, I don't, no, sir, I don't agree with nothing you, that you just said. 
And he went on to say all kinds of things. I, I don't usually give someone that much rope, but I let him tell all of it. Like to wore me out to 1030 out there in the parking lot. And at the end of it, he said, but I, I believe that's why I'm really a woman in a man's body. And he says, is there any, is there any way that you can prove that otherwise? I says, yeah, I don't even have to go get my Bible. <laughs> he says, well, what would you do? I said, go in there, go in there in the, in, back in the church and go in the bathroom, kind of undressed a little bit and take your britches down to your knees and come back and describe something about what it looked like. <laughs> he says, you trying to be funny? I said, no, I'm trying to help you. Because if you're telling me it looks like this instead of this, you're just telling me God made a mistake. And you lost me there. But I feel this. I said, oh, no, I, I know your feelings are real. And, and how you got there is different paths to get there. It may be, it, it, you, you may have been raised by a bunch of women because there was an absence of a father or, or manhood and all these things. That's, that, that, that's how a lot of the things like this get started. Don't, don't hate those people. Love the people. God loves them much as, you, as, as your self-righteous self, too. Now, I, I don't mean you. But I'm about, there's people who are self-righteous. God hates self-righteousness. When it looks like we got all the, you know, we, we dotted everything, crossed every T. But still, there's ugliness in the heart. Right? And so I, I was trying to help him that night. I said, so you're telling me God made a mistake. He says, well, possibly he did. I said, well, then we, we have a bigger issue than whether you're male or female. Well... That, that, the transsexual, in other words, they're, they're identifying with something that does not exist in them. In other words, let me tell you this. If you were born a man, if this helps anyone here or watching, I think everyone here is okay with this. But if you're watching, if you were born as a man, physically, you're not a woman. I know that was real deep, but let me go on the other side. If you was born as a female, a woman, Trust me, one more time, you're, you're not a man. Are you all okay? Uh, now, there's a similar condition in the church. And it's not called transsexual. It's called transpiritual. And I'm going to finish with this. Transpiritual is this, that you identify with two natures, but one of them don't actually exist. The transsexual thinks he has... These two things going, but one of them don't actually exist. A transpiritual person identifies they have two natures, but one doesn't exist. If you're born again, you aren't a sinner saved by grace. Are you? Because, because if there's any part of you that's a sinner, then you're not born again. If I go through the car wash and I got mud on my truck and I send it through there, it shouldn't come out muddy. Or more money. If it is, you're, you're looking for a refund or some answers, right? If you've been born again, the Bible says you lost that nature. You say, well, why do people still sin? Well, it's not because of the sin nature. It's because of the unrenewed mind. The mind's wanting to do what it always did. If you like cornflakes before you got saved, you still like them. Okay? If you like certain things that your body maybe is not good for you, if you smoke before you're saved, you might be smoking after you got saved. Is it good for your body? No. Is it wrong? Yes. But so is eating too much fried food. Funny how we classify sin, isn't it? Right? It's a terrible witness. It's a terrible testimony to the power of God. 
We all, we, we all ought to strive for that perfection. But I want to tell you, you're born again. On the inside, you are perfect. That's the big deal. Inside you, you are perfect. One third of you, your spirit is absolutely perfect when you're born again. The Bible says when you're born again, God so protects that, that Ephesians says he seals your spirit after you're born again so sin can never get in there and touch it. Wow. That's a, that's a big deal. You get born again and God says seal it up. That means since you've been born again, you've never missed it, Bubba. It, 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 now, now, you say, well, wait a minute. Now, I know them. No, well, you, you, you know the man in the flesh. But, but the spirit man's a new man. So in my spirit, I, now I've never been a sinner. I've never missed it. You say, this man is off his, yeah. Huh? You say, this man's nuts, but I'm, all, I'm screwed on the right bolt. Huh? Isn't that, isn't that true? So one third of you is wall to wall Holy Ghost. So everything that Christ is, he is in you. As he is, so are you in this life, he said. In, he said, on the earth, as I am, so are you. So you will go do the same works in while you're on earth, and you're going to do greater works. How are you going to do the works and greater works when you don't have what he had to do them with? So what am I identifying with? How I feel, what it looks like, society, what's going on in history, what's going on in politics, da 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 da, my marriage, my this, my da. What 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 you look at long enough, you'll look like. If you keep staring at it, you'll you'll keep looking right at it, huh? It's something that had to hold on me. In other words, you have liberty to do whatever you're doing. If you're born again and you're doing it, you're still gonna go to heaven. But it won't be that victorious. When you get to heaven, you find out, man, I really shortchanged myself. In other words, if, 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 if I had a, a strong propensity for, 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 for tootsie rolls and I can't live a day without 10 tootsie rolls, then, then, then I have a problem. That thing has power over me. I don't like it that it has power over me. I didn't like drinking when I was a teenager. Tried a few times to know. Or left-handed cigarettes. I didn't like that feeling of not being in control. And all these people who said they were my friends are not you when you passed out on the floor and they're walking all over you and kicking you and dirt in your face and say, oh, look at the idiot. Well, when I sobered up and, you know, and I threw up about 21 times, all of that, I, I was sober just like that. And I said, never see any of y'all fools again. Now, I had no idea I was going to be a preacher. You know? <laughs> but I, just said, I said, I'm through with this. I didn't like that feeling of not having control. And I found out those people weren't my friends anyway. Who's your friends? The one who bails you out of jail, I guess. Who loves you when you're still stinking and you need a shower. Who gives you a place where no one else had nothing to do with you. Amen. Amen. Now, so we'll finish this. So trans-spiritual, the identifier of two natures, one doesn't exist. So, so, so what does a trans-spiritual sound like? Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Or they'll, they'll go into the Old Testament and say my righteousness is as filthy rags. Well, it was, but it's not now. Your righteousness is his righteousness, right? They'll say, they'll go back into the Psalms. This is, this is Old Testament scriptures. The Lord created me a clean heart. That sounds religious, doesn't it? You said King David said it. King David wasn't born again like you are. 
You don't ask the Lord to create in you a clean heart. He thinks he already did it. If you're asking the Lord to create in you a clean heart, you're, you're telling him that you don't, there, there's something that he's done that you don't think he did or finished. You say, why, why are you pressed us so hard? Because we have to change our identity. We have to change our understanding of who we are. When we finally come to understand who we are, we'll rise up and be who we are. It's time to become who you are. In other words, it's time to be. Instead of learning about healing all the time, be healing. Just, just, just be it. Amen. Just jump in your car like I did and go to Enterprise, Alabama and say, you don't have to die. Boom. Amen. Well, call back this week and he said, the number's down. He says, I'm about 90% free of cancer. Amen. Well, I got 40 hours into this thing. Well, well, when they had him, it was like, pick out your songs. That, well, it's gone down since then. Cancer was right there. And if, when the, you know, you, you see it going down. Touches the bottom line is gone. Well, it's it's halfway between that and down all to the line. This, why? Because life was in me, and I decided. Well, Jesus is in me, so Jesus is. Uh, he died for this, so when He comes through me, I'm gonna lay hands on you. It's gonna it's gonna attack that cancer in you. Okay, okay, okay. I said, you ready? Yeah. Boom. Nothing, nothing weird. I, you know, I, I, I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I didn't knock him over. I said, in Jesus' name. I, you know, and we just cursed the thing. and said, life of God began to flow into every cell, drive out all sickness and disease from this body. And I said, he will live and not die. Declare the works of the Lord. It is done in Jesus' name. And I only, I only prayed that much for him because he needed to hear more stuff. <laughs> all I really need to do is go drive 150 miles and say, be healed. I actually didn't even have to drive down there. But sometimes they need a little something because they need to feel something. Okay, got to finish this because y'all are y'all waiting for your meatloaf. I understand. <laughs> Let me have those two. I got them. Here, I got them. This is called what? This is called what? Give you a little illustration of this. Now, this is a this is the phone. Um. This is how we know that you're on the planet. <laughs> I got a friend of mine who has the flip phone. He says, man, I like your movie theater. And I said, okay. Well, <clears throat> amen. Uh, now, there's, there's different brands of this. Uh, the case on it covers up the brand. So uh, I'm not this sold into icons, but, but I want you to know, tell me what kind of phone I have. Made by, made by who? Yeah, made by Apple. Now, here's the question. What gave Apple the legal right to place their label on the phone? It's, it's, it's not hard. They made it. There you go. We got it. We're moving on. Now, I've got a uh, OtterBox guard on it. Did Apple make that? I don't think they did, right? So if I, if I were to take this off, then the case on this, you, you see the little apple on the back. So, but I, I've covered up the apple emblem, the icon here, so you, you can't see it's an apple. Is it still an apple? Yes. But it don't say, it says, it says Autobox. Must be an Autobox phone. It says Autobox. On the label. Read, woman. What does it say? 
Apple. <laughs> 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 says otter. Hey, hey, remember I told you before you married my daughter? Check they mama. Check they mama, boy. Check they mama. Because that's where it's headed. <laughs> and the other one, too. If you can't carry them, don't marry them. But anyway, Anna's like, that. I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> this is an Apple phone? Is the front of an Apple phone? Is the back of it? But it says Autobox here. But, you, but, you, but we know this is an iPhone, iPhone 13. If y'all want to buy it, it's for sale for $3,000. <laughs> Go buy me something else. Hallelujah. Now, so does Apple have the right to put their name on it? Yeah, and, and they give the description of it. So only two people have the right to label things. Apple and me. Now, I put Autobox on here because it's my phone. It could have said skunk. If, it, you know, if skunk would have made one, I could have put that on there. If I want to do something really spiritual on here, I could have put Roll Tide. <laughs> or there's another school somewhere. <laughs> Troy, 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 Troy. No, it's good. Or, or I, I could put War Eagle on there. But, but, but that, would, would that change the... Would War Eagle or Roll Tide change this into something else? Even though it had a label on it. Because it's still a what? It's very core. And, and, they, and, and so the, the maker has the right and the buyer has the right to put the label on the outside. Hmm? Now, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, don't, don't go there. It says, we have, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What's he talking about? He's talking about... Now he lives in us. He used to live in a temple behind a curtain that only a priest could go in there. And man, if he just went in that place wrong, the presence of God so strong, the priest would die just like that. That's why they put that rope on his ankle with bells when he got in there. He had to do everything just like it was told him as the priest. But if he made one wrong move in the presence of God, he died instantly. Boom, just like that. And who's going to go in after him? Nobody. That's why they pulled him out of the ropes. Um, Priest Joe didn't do it right today. He, he zigs instead of zagging, man. That's like a dad. Who wants to be the next priest? <laughs> so, so, but right now, the, the Holy of Holies location, where is it? Oh my God, it's in you. My God, this thing, those priests died just doing something wrong behind the curtain. And now the Holy of Holies has moved on the inside of you. You are the headquarters. Something wrong, priest. Try again. <laughs> I'm through with you. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so we have this treasure in the earthen vessel, right? Ephesians 1, 3 said, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heaven places where? In us. So this revelation will empower you to stop trying to get something you've already got. Mm. To the degree that you renew your mind to who you are will determine your experience that, that, you, that you will manifest and release these things that's in you. Okay, since we're containers... What do containers do? They carry something. We are, we're carriers 
of the kingdom. We're carriers of the glory. We're carriers of the goodness of God. We're carriers of the healing power of God. What's inside the container? You have to know its ingredients. Sprite. I looked it up. I may not pronounce all this just right. So uh, carbonated water. High, if it's fructose, 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 whatever it is, corn syrup. It's high, it ain't low. It's got citric acid, acid, citric acid. Natural flavors, sodium citrate and sodium benazite. Benazite. That's what it is. That's what's in this thing, and they call it Sprite. Y'all like Sprite? Okay. This is Diet Coke. We're going to pretend like this is being saved. I used to drink about four of these a day a long time ago. It's got carbonated water. It's got color caramel E150D. You need to know the 150D. I know you need to know that. Phosphoric acid, aspartame, natural flavorings, caffeine, acidity regulator, and sodium citrate. So, what I'm going to do, is I'm going to ask you is, y'all believe, we're going to pray over the Sprite and believe it becomes saved and it becomes a Diet Coke. Anyone, anyone can believe that this is going to become a Diet Coke if we pray over it? No one? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? So we, so we can't, if this is saved, we, we can't pray and get this saved to Diet Coke, can we? No. How, how can we change that? Well, we'd have to change, we'd have to pour what's in this can out, right? And take what's in this can, if this is what gets you saved, and we'd have to pour it in. So if we poured Diet Coke in this can of Sprite, after we pour the Sprite out, what would be on the inside? Diet Coke, right? But it would say Sprite, wouldn't it? Right? Now here's the million dollar question. Which would be lying? The inside ingredients or the outside label? The outside label would be lying, right? So why are you still identifying with your outside label? What they say you are. Hmm? Hmm? Because you don't have two natures, you have one. So as he is, well, because you, you have to go find out who Jesus is to know who you are. Who you've been made, right? So let's take me one minute. Ask you a few questions. First John four seventeen says, "As he is, so are you in this life." Is Jesus uh, is Jesus a sinner saved by grace? No, he's not. Well, neither are you. Is Jesus sick trying to be healed? Well, then neither are you. You may have symptoms. You may have all this, but the Bible says, "By your stripes you're healed." So what are you going to do? You're going to stand on the Word of God. You're going to believe the Word of God by faith, and then the contents of the sickness has to go out because the healing's already in. Okay. Does, is Jesus needing peace today to be emotionally strong? Did, did the Lord need us? Because we had times of worship, it was awesome. But, but does the Lord need us to worship him so that he'll have a great day? Because if, if the Lord does that, then, then he has an ego problem. If we're worshiping the Lord because of an ego problem, then our worship him or not worship him enough, I can affect his mood. No, it's not that he needs to worship, but I, I do. I need to fellowship with him. Amen. See that? It's not him needing that. We, we don't have a song down there. Hillsong hasn't wrote a song that the Lord will Wow! Bethel hasn't come out with something the Lord says, we need to start doing that here around the throne room. 
Y'all go down and see if you can learn the chords. <laughs> Ask him, can we have the lyrics? Can we get the copyright to that? Is Jesus thirsty, hungry, and desperate? Well, how, how can the church keep saying that? Lord, I'm just so hungry for you. Lord, I'm just so thirsty for you. Oh, God, I'm just so thirsty for you. Oh, God. And, and Lord would just say this the same. He said, open up and take a drink, fool. That is saved. <laughs> Where's the peanut butter crackers that we was going to do? <laughs> okay. So if you're thirsty and hungry, then go ahead and eat and drink. Get rid of the desperation. Is Jesus trying to perform for the Father so the Father will love him? Then why are you? If Sprite got poured out, which was unsaved, and born again Diet Goat got poured in, then we can't go what's on the outside label any longer. Because something new came on the inside. You are that new you. <laughs> I said you are that new you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. God bless you.